Welcome to this week's episode of Hockey Unfiltered. I am Dylan Waugh, the sidekick, the either Daryl or his other brother Daryl to Ken's Larry. This week we're going to be talking about the Vancouver Canucks, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Team Canada, and if you're the GM of a contending team, who's the UFA you go for? So stick around and we'll get to all of those and much more. Ken, how are we holding up this week? Oh, just great. I saved a bundle switching over to Geico, so. Um, <laughs> not not affiliated, not affiliated, better. not affiliated, <laughs> not affiliated. Yeah, yeah. Geico, call us if you want, <laughs> yeah. if, if you want these and other. <laughs> yes, because we're very progressive. Yes. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, you want to just jump right into it? No, I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What that was a king here? of the, that, that, that was that was a king of the hill joke. He goes he goes. I'll jump right into it. No, I'll beat around the bush. <laughs> so, how's the weather today? <laughs> All right, we're jumping right into it. Okay, let's do it. Sidney Crosby had a goal and an assist in his first seven games. Since then, he scored ten goals and thirty-two points in twenty-three uh, games. Oh, that's a lot, eh? That's yeah, yeah. He's he's good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> this just in: Sidney Crosby good at hockey. Yeah. In that same time span, the Penguins are 18-4-1. Should we be surprised with Crosby and the Penguins once again showing up as a potential contender? No. No. No, I, well, no, we shouldn't. Yes, we should, but we shouldn't. Okay. Because for like the last three years, ever since they won the cup in 2017, and then lost four straight to the Islanders in the playoffs the next year in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Like every year I've been saying, okay, well, here it is. The day of reckoning has come. Yeah. This team is, is this team is done. Uh, they're, they're on the downside, you know, they're going to crash into the, the abyss and, and, you know, here we go. And they never do it. You're not the they only just person never do saying it. Like, that. Guys like Brian Dumoulin, like guys who are st- who are like put together with balls of string and tape yeah. at this point in their career are still playing great. And yeah. I mean, Sid is, you know, Sid had COVID and he was injured at the beginning of the year. Right. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. But uh, I mean, did you see the pass he made to Brian Rust on that power play goal I last night? I didn't get a chance to, to go back and watch that. Do yourself a favor, everyone. Do yourself a favor and go look at that pass. Yeah, like it was vintage Cindy Sydney Crosby. Yeah. Um, and to You're me, backhand. Yeah, between the legs, backhand. Oh, really? Yeah, through past past a defender, yeah. right onto Russ's stick. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at that! I I you you've broken that. it. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's why I can't have nice things. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and this is nice. Uh, and, and so anyways, it, it was, it was vintage Sidney Crosby, but I I would say about the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I get a feeling that you're going to refute me on this, (laughs) which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're healthy again. Yeah. Malkin's back. Yeah. And I think the difference this year between a lot of previous years is they're getting elite level goaltending. Right. Elite yeah. level goaltending. Yeah. And that can take you a long way. Yeah. I, I think the Penguins are are definitely 
you know, I, I think they're, they're absolutely for real. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So breaking headline nerd says nerdy things. All right. Okay. I looked up the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I'll do the Maury. Like <laughs> the stats detector says you're lying. <laughs> I looked up the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this is what I found concerning about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. In the last 10 games, because they've been on a bit of a heater, right? Uh, 18, four and one. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's a bit well, of a Well, but heater. I'm just saying that I looked only at the last 10 games, so I didn't bring in the beginning of the year when they were okay. a little whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah. in the last 10 games, they're the lower half of the league in Corsi four percentage, expected goals and expected goals for percentage. I even tried scoring chances per 60, scoring chances for per 60. Like I tried everything that I could to see how are they generating the offense. Oh, Oh, he's asleep. <laughs> and and the thing is, is that the only place where Pittsburgh is in the top five or six of in the league is shooting percentage and save percentage, which means that they're winning based on burying a lot of pucks and saving a lot of pucks. Wow. Holy cow. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought a team that could score and stop pucks would be successful? Oh, color me, color me surprised. <laughs> what? <laughs> but but the thing is, is that if you get snake bitten, like it's the most, it's 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 the most um, unsustainable. I can explain something to you, okay, okay? <laughs> Dylan? Yeah. The game is hockey. Yeah. Played on a rink. Court of law. The point of the game is to take that black thing called the puck and put it as many times as you can in the other guy's net. Yeah. And simultaneously prevent the other team from putting it in your net. Okay. And then, and here's the here's the crazy thing. <laughs> if you do that and you put it in your their net more than they put it in your net, you win the game. Okay. Here's All right, you think you've got me, <laughs> but you're right. The game is hockey. The game is not golf. The objective of the game is not to shoot it as little as possible before it gets into that net. The <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying that they're setting up not very many scoring chances and converting on a lot of them. That's not the most sustainable thing in the world. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. I, I would say it's not golf. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to well, be as funny as you, see, but I feel like you, it, uh, you know, well, you're not, That's you're not as problem. good an audience as me. That's what the problem is. <laughs> see, the th and the thing is too, but, but like, if you're see here, Dylan, I've got so much to teach you, right? <laughs> if you wanted to make a joke out of that, you said, you should have said it's not golf, which is exactly what the Pittsburgh Penguins will be playing in May. Oh, that's how you bring it around and fire it. Fire that when you punch when I in. leave a joke on the table like that, yeah, and then you make that joke, yeah, self dunk on you, all part of my master plan. Ah, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, though, yeah, um, please. I would. We're way past that point. Yeah, I, I, I accept your point. I think it's valid. Yeah. However, I would like to see what their numbers were in 2016 and 2017 when they won the Stanley Cup. If they were, if they were sort of the same, because in, I know with those years, I mean, Matt Murray won two Stanley cups and there were times during those playoffs when he was brilliant. And yeah. there were times during those playoffs when he was dismal. 
<laughs> right. You know, I, I mean, so I'm not sure that the under the hood numbers were that great when they won Stanley Cups before. And what I'm arguing is that maybe even when when you have elite level talent, world class talent like they have, when you have an Evgeny Malkin, when you have a Sidney Crosby, when you have a Jeff Carter, when you have a Chris Letang, when you have a Tristan Jari who's yeah. playing the way he is, maybe that is enough to overcome those kinds of numbers. So did you look this up? Were you on natural stat trick before this? Did you, did you set me up for this one? Natural what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pitts, the Pittsburgh Penguins were 16th in the league in all situations for Corsi four percentage. So they did not have particularly good. What year? Corsi, the year 2016, they won? 17. Okay. Okay. Well, you're so right. The second so I'm saying cup, that you're second right. Cup year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second cup yeah. year. I can look up the so, first so one. So to me, so to me, I valid. think, so to me, I think there's, I think there's something that we, Maybe the two of us can find some common ground here. Nope. Is that, yeah, yes, we can. Yes, we can, Dylan. <laughs> Love, not hate, buddy. Um, maybe, you know, like I said, maybe there there is something to be said for numbers. Mm -hmm. And no, there, no, maybe there is something to be <laughs> said. There is something to be said for analytics and, yeah. and for the deeper dive and, and that. But I think sometimes you have to make an allowance for world-class talent. Right. Well, and, and that's why, like, the Leafs are ahead of Pittsburgh on the shooting percentage list. But, like, Austin Matthews is one of the top shooting percentage guys in the league. So right. it's not really that shocking. And and as great as Crosby is, he's not as good a goal scorer, a pure goal scorer, as Austin Matthews is. I don't think that I'm... I'm not at all. No, because yeah. there's almost nobody in the league that is. Yeah. I think the most... I think some of the... I think... Just off the top of my head, just off the top of my head, and and you can, people can come after me after this, but the three best, the three most natural pure goal scorers in the league right now today mm -hmm. are number one, it's still Alex Ovechkin, number two, Austin Matthews, number three, Kale McCarr. Ooh, I think I think I think Kale McCarr is one of the best natural goal scorers in the world. Not yeah. just the, one of the best goal scoring defensemen. I think this guy has an, an an ability to score goals that is uncanny. Right. Uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it. I'm trying to think of who I would put as number three in that list, but uh, well, I'll probably just circle back to it. I mean, know. what you going to put Chris Kreider there because he has 30 goals this year? No, I guess. Not I don't a know. Chance. I mean, you know, I'm, not a chance. Yeah, I never, yeah. I, I never give Chris Kreider uh, credit for anything. Oh, come other on, than Dylan. Come on, <laughs> Dylan. Like, get over it. Yeah. Uh, like, what? How many years ago was that? Was 2018? 20? Yeah. No, no, it was tw it was uh, 2014. Yeah. Eight years ago, bud. Come on, let it go. Let it go. The memory of an elephant right here, pal. Let it go, Dylan. <laughs> it's not It's not good for you to carry that around. I know. It's starting to make me slouch. <laughs> it's affecting my posture and my health. You know? <laughs> and then there were four. We're down to the final four in the NFL playoffs. And with my bookie, you can take home your biggest wins of the season thanks to their double deposit bonus. It's not too late. And it's easy. Sign up with my bookie and use my promo code HockeyUnfiltered, all one word. Make your first deposit and bang, double your money instantly into your account up to $1,000. Now that you're loaded up and ready to go, it's time to place your bets with no regrets and get your wins when it matters most. Don't miss out. Rams, 49ers, Bengals, Chiefs, double your first deposit up to $1,000 and use the promo code HockeyUnfiltered, all one word. Head to my bookie. 
Place your bets and get ready for the unmatched intensity of playoff football. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Vancouver Canucks president Jim Rutherford is about to make Patrick Alvin just the second full-time European GM in NHL history. He's hired former agent Emily Costanguet as the team's assistant GM and Rachel Doring the analytics department. The question here is, is it possible that the second oldest president in the NHL is the most progressive one? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Lou Lamarillo is, is older. He's 83. I, I mean, I, I, I still think of Jim Rutherford as a GM, but right, yeah. he's not. And, and he won't be for much longer, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, what I look at with Jim Rutherford is I look at the people who have worked under him and, yeah. who, and whom he's groomed. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you see Bill Guerin, you see Tom Fitzgerald, you see, uh, Jason Botterill didn't turn out so well, but you know, I mean, there's still a lot of time. And, and I mean, I mean, there have been coaches that have like John Hines and Mike Sullivan and guys that 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 they hired in their minor pros that have ended up all over the league. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I, I think, and and I actually talked to Rachel last week, Rachel Dury, who who uh, who was hired as uh, the, the fourth person in their analytics department. Yeah. I think they want to make it five or six people in that department. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Yay for the nerds. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and, and what she said was, she was right. She said, like, the thing about Jim Rutherford is that he empowers people. He hmm. empowers people. He, he lets them do what they do best, right? And to me, Jim Rutherford is, he's not a cowboy, like I, I see David Poyle as a cowboy. Yeah, David Poyle like and David Mark Poyle. Bergevin were yeah, the two gunslingers. David the- Poyle's a cowboy. Like he'll yeah. trade, you know, Matt Duchesne for Seth Jones for Matt Duchesne. He'll he'll trade Shea Weber for PK Subban. You know, like like he makes these big massive trades and he's the cowboy. Like he's yeah. the but Jim I see as a guy who has been successful. He's had a you know, I mean, he's been around for a long time, so he should be winning a few cups here and there. Yeah. <clears throat> but he's successful because he makes up his mind. Mm-hmm. He's decisive, bold, and he doesn't look back, right? Right. Like he does things, and when he does them, he does them without fanfare. He just does them very decisively, you know, with conviction and very boldly, and then he 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 sort of sees what happens, Yeah. right? To me, it's really interesting. Because, you know, particularly the, the Emily Castonguay and Rachel Deary, Deary hirings. And it's interesting because I think Jim realizes this, and I think people will come to realize this, is that when you start looking to, um, to the pool of women that are out there that are, are hockey people and know this game and, yeah. And 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 are business savvy and and know all of these things, you know what you're doing when you go out and you start hiring right away, and you're on the on the ground floor, mm-hmm. you're getting the best ones. Yeah, right. You're getting the best ones. Like Emily Kasinke is a is a big time agent. She's Alexis yeah. Lafreniere's agent. She's you know she has been an agent for for a while, and she knows the business. She knows the game. She knows the CBA. I. Personally, personally, I think knowing the CBA is 
day one. Kind of overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should know the CBA if you're a management yeah. management. And yeah. a lot of people who know the CBA do a lot of stupid things anyways. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I mean, she is she's the she's the she's the one. Yeah. So now you've got the best, you know, conceivably the best one. And that's what you get for going out and and exploring what's out there in terms of, you know, outside of the regular sort of group of candidates that you might be looking at. Yeah. The one thing that I was thinking about in terms of specifically uh, Patrick Alvin is um, he was the assistant GM for Jim Rutherford in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he, and he took over briefly after Jim left. And he left. took over briefly after Jim left. Yeah. I guess um, there's, there's two schools of thought with that which is on one hand, you know, this person and you know how you work well together. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's hard to not think about how the Montreal Canadians have built their team uh, so far up front and have really done, um, you know, gone bent over backwards to make sure that there are as many opposing voices. I mean, for crying out loud, Jeff Gorton's from Boston. They hired a Bostonian. Yeah. As their executive vice president of hockey operations. And, and and of course we know president of hockey operations, just executive vice president in name only. Yeah, because yeah. the president's Jeff Molson, and he right. owns the team. And so I get, I think that it's good. I think that you know somebody needs to um, break the seal in terms of bringing in more European general managers, visible minority general managers, uh, women, all the rest of it. Somebody needs to be breaking that seal. But at the same time, it wasn't like you know he went to. Fralinda and said, all right, I'm hiring the GM out of Fralinda or something like this. He's taking a voice that was already part of his team for many, many years. Yeah. But I mean, Jarmo Kekalainen was the same thing, right? The first European GM, he didn't, he didn't just, you know, grab a flight from Helsinki to to North America and jump (laughs) down and say, okay, I'm going to start running a team. Yeah. He was, he scouted in Ottawa. He was an assistant GM for a long time. I mean, you do have to sort of, um, you know, you, you have to kind of learn the business over here as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to go to Fralanda and take their GM or you're going to go to, you know, IFK Helsinki or Joker or whatever, yeah. then you take them and you say, okay, well, come on, we'll, we'll integrate you. We'll start you in the process, Yeah. you know, see how you, you know, it's like, it's the same with, and, and, and like, I, like, I, I really applaud the, the, the guys like the Joe Sackicks and the Rob Blakes and the the guys like that who were players but came in and were willing to do the work. Because there's a lot of ex-players that come in and just want to kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they, they just want to have an office and yeah. and, and stuff. But, but Bill Guerin did the work. Yeah. You know, he worked. Yeah. And those guys, and they've got enough money to, for their you know, their grandchildren's children to, yeah. to be okay. Yeah. But they actually went in and did the work. Yeah. Yeah. Leader on ice leadership skills normally involves punching people in the face when there are faces <laughs> to be punched and office leadership skills involves not no punching in the face, yeah. but much less punching in the face. <laughs> I would say. Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically punching in the face. Right. Yeah. Having never worked in an office in my entire life. But, you, but you've built a few, probably. I have actually built a few. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've built a few offices. That's true. Um, so finally, before we get off the Vancouver Canucks, like, where do you think that they're heading? Do you think that this is helpful to them? Where do you think that they're heading? Well, 
I mean, I mean, the hiring of Bruce Boudreau may be the one that <laughs> that dictates more of this than anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I watched I watched their game last night against Edmonton. Edmonton had forty seven shots. Spencer Martin, who everybody thought was maybe less more suspect than prospect, was outstanding again. Yeah, you know they've got. Yaroslav Halak still. They've got obviously Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Um, so I I mean, I think they're building in the right direction. But like I say, I don't know where it's gonna go. I don't know how it's how it's gonna all play out because smart people do dumb things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they may do a bunch of dumb things. Yeah. However, like I said, I think that the idea that they're getting the best of a certain segment of the hockey world, I think speaks very well for them. Yeah. I think I think it's a it's a good omen. Yeah. Market inefficiency. Right. Yeah. That's what us nerdy guys call it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And regressing yeah. to the mean or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. PDO. <laughs> yeah. Just, I know mind. what PDO is. Okay. <laughs> you, think my, you think this is my first rodeo or <laughs> what do you think here, buddy? Come on. Uh, Canada's Olympic team has 16 mm-hmm. players that are 30 or older. They also have more than 4,500 games of NHL cons- uh, experience. Is this a winning formula? It'll be interesting. It will be interesting because it will there be I, any broken I, hips? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> will there be team issued walkers? <laughs> um, no, it's interesting because the U.S. went completely more to- catheters per player <laughs> than any other team. Okay, let's. Yeah, you just had to take it one too far, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Okay. I did. Um, Someone's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it's interesting because U.S. the U.S. as we know went in completely, Super young. completely different direction, yeah. which will be really interesting to watch. Um, what I would worry about with this team is that you've got sixteen guys who are over thirty, three guys who are in college, and one guy who's in major junior hockey. Right. That's 20 of your guys out of 25 right there. Yeah. Who are, what players normally carry teams? Uh, Players in their prime normally. Correct. (laughs) Players in the 23 to 27 age group. Yeah. You can stretch it to 30, but yeah. Yeah, 16 plus four is 20. That leaves five of those guys. Yeah. Now, it's a short tournament. <clears throat> yep. Everybody was saying, you know, I had people say on Twitter, well, I'm glad Connor Bedard's not there. Well, you know. I saw that a do few you want times. A, do you yeah. want a 16-year-old Connor Bedard or do you want a 36-year-old Adam Cracknell? Yeah. I'll, I'll take the 16-year-old Connor Bedard. Sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll take Caden Gooley on that blue line. Yeah. I'll take Mason McTavish, which they did. Yeah. I'll take Kent Johnson. Yeah. Like, I, like I would have liked to have seen them integrate a few more of those guys. But you can only go with what you have and what you have available to you. Yeah. And it's very clear that Shane Doan, who it should be pointed out, scored 28-year goals in the NHL as a 39-year-old. Yeah. Um, believe that experience is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows who's going to be good and bad in this tournament. Do yeah. they? Do yeah. we? It's I think true. The, I think the checks are going to be amazing. Yeah. I think the checks are going to be really good. I think yeah. Sweden's going to be awful. Right. Um. Um, Interesting. Like, Russia who's going to be their goalie? Questions. Who's going to be their goalie? Who's yeah. going to be Canada's goalie? Is it going to be Devin Levi? Devin Levi, it's probably going to be Edward Pasquale. 
Yeah. Who was one of the best goalies in the KHL last year. Yeah. But is it going to be Devin Levi, who has been lights out in U.S. college hockey this year? Yeah. Like lights out. Yeah. Like he is putting together a historic season. Save percentage is like 950. He's got nine shutouts in 24 games. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I, I suppose they're going to figure that out. I would assume that the number one spot goes to Edward Pasquale and then, and then either the, to lose. Yeah. And then the backup is either, is either uh Levi Levy or uh, Matt Tompkins. Yeah. Who's playing your garden. He's in Sweden anyways, but yeah. The goalie situation specifically. It's um, interesting. They got interested me. Well, it's interesting. And I'm just going to, I'll let yeah, you, please. I'll let you talk, but it's my podcast. So <laughs> I get to talk. Um, it's interesting because for all of that experience they have, yeah. the 4,000 games, they got three three NHL games among their three goalies. And, and all of them are Eddie and, Pasquale. And Edward Pasquale yeah. is all three of them. Yeah. 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 So go ahead. Um, I felt that it was interesting that they didn't take Devin Dubnik uh, and, and they didn't take it for- they So didn't, did Devin Dubnik. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't take him for lack of games and uh, because he hasn't played much, right? Yeah, but Ed, Eric Stahl played four games too. Right, I, you don't, I, and I get there's not a not a total equivalency there. So, well, what I was thinking about was uh, the um, the old fogies game, the uh, alumni game between Montreal and Boston back in twenty eleven. I think it was the Winter Classic, and so they had an alumni game. Anyways, Jose Theodore went into net. And uh, the only guy that scored any goals against him was uh, Ray Bork. Now, the thing that I find interesting about that is that, especially NHL players, their shots don't tend to get all that much worse after post-retirement. Their skating gets worse. Their stick handling gets worse. But a shot is, yeah. is muscle memory. Guess, Can you rip yeah. it a few times? These guys, are a lot of them are still playing beer league. Anyways, there was a, there was a funny anecdote where apparently, because nobody could score on Theodore, Don Cherry said to him, who's the, the coach of the Boston Bruins, uh, said to him, listen, if you want to play like that, then just go sign back in the NHL. But he hadn't played in about two, three years. Right. And so a position that lends itself to inactivity, so to speak, is goaltending, in my opinion, because so much of it relies more on your ability to read the play, your ability at positioning and not and and, and you can overcome your athletic deficiencies. I mean, look at uh, uh, Craig Anderson and how he's managed to keep his career mm -hmm. afloat, despite the fact that it's been like eight years now that we've seen his athletic deficiencies, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. but his play reading and his puck reading and all the rest of it. So it it did. I and, did and find Mike it, Smith. I mean, he's he's not good because he can't stay healthy, not because he's not good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I did think that it was bizarre to leave Devin Dubnik out, especially like you wouldn't just take a flyer on him. Seemed bizarre. Yeah, it was. I I thought it was real strange too, and yeah. and so did Devin Dubnik. I talked yeah. to him yesterday. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, I I got masks done and everything," <laughs> and he was getting all the gear and he was Those going through. Cheap. All the, did you see the picture I posted? I did. They're yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 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 they're they're really nice. Yeah, and and like the gear and and everything, and he was doing all the protocols and he was filling out all the paperwork, and it was all seemed to be trending that way. Yeah. Although he said, you know, nobody made me any promises, but it certainly seemed like that that's the way it was going. Yeah. And then they just said, well, we're just not comfortable. You've only played four games. And, and so I, I guess, I mean, I, I probably would have taken them. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I mean, their extra goalie is Justin Pogge. I mean, I, I wouldn't have taken him as the extra guy for the taxi squad. I mean, you're not going to do that to Devin Dubnik. You're probably going to, if you're taking but Devin But maybe you Dubnik, ask him. Yeah, no, I, I, I spoke to him. I think I know where his head <laughs> okay. was at. All right. I, I think if you're taking Devin Dubnik, you're, you're taking him either as, like you're taking him as number one or two. Yeah. And you get over there and you figure out who's, who's going to, who's going to make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, and if it's Devin Dubnik and net, you, you ride with him. If not, he's your backup and either Devin Levi or whoever else they would have picked would have been number one. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen a Devin Devin tandem. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly what my thought is, which is that, yeah. um, you, you would think that there'd be a very high ceiling in terms of Dubnik's ability to perform at this level comparative to the other two. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I've, I haven't seen either of them play ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I know everybody's bummed out because the NHL is not there and, and I'm among those who is bummed out about yeah, that. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm yeah. interested. Absolutely. I'm interested. I, I'm really interested in seeing the, how the U.S. team does. I, I'm really, really interested. That that team is the one that intrigues me the most in this whole tournament. Because I can't, I, I want to just end off the the international chat and the goalie chat on one specific thing. Yep. One of my favorite things to see in international hockey over the years was watching like Abisher playing on Team Switzerland at like 80 years old yep. and watching Cristobal Huey. And you're like, that guy's still alive? Yeah. And then there he is just doing wonders for team France. And and you've got to wonder if Devin Dubnik could have been that he could David have. Abisher. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I forgot yeah. Abisher's first name for a second. David, Abisher, David yeah. Abisher or Cristobal Huey as that guy that God, was retired. And you just, just keep going back to those Montreal guys, eh? David Ab- Abisher, didn't he play for Montreal as well? Oh, he might have. Yeah. I think I, I associate and then, him and, as Colorado. And of course, Devin Dubnik was in the Montreal Canadiens organization yeah, very, was, very briefly yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, he was a, w- it's a interesting waiver because you, you know you talk about those guys like Abisher and 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 uh, who's the other guy? Huey. Huey. It's weird because <laughs> a lot of the European guys when they put on that that sweater of their country, like everybody talks about how when you put on the Canadian sweater. Yeah, yeah. Some of these guys in Europe become monsters. Yeah. Like, like. That's where the dominator like got I his covered, nickname. I, co- I covered, uh, I covered, you know, maybe people get tired of me saying, I covered the Leafs for the Toronto Star at one point. <laughs> and I always thought. For who? For the Toronto Star, Canada's number one newspaper. Um, and, and I always thought that, and they had Robert Reichel for four years. And I thought, you know what? If there was some way that the Leafs could change their uniform to, the Czech Republic uniform, like just put that <laughs> uniform on Robert Reichel would be the MVP yeah. of the league. Yeah. Cause Robert Reichel, you put him in international competition. He's a monster. Yeah. Pay him $4 million and put him in the NHL. And he's not so much, not so much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right, Ken. Yes. You're the GM of a contending team. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know if I was a GM, it certainly would not be a contending team at least, at very least. <laughs> I'm the GM of the, the Toronto single A <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> under 14. <laughs> um, who do you go harder for the trade deadline? Would it be Paul Stastny, Dustin Brown, somebody else? 
Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Well, I mean, D- Dallas is, I think they've still got their sights set on the playoffs. I think so. LA still has some hope uh, as well. Yeah. I don't think either LA or Winnipeg's going to make it. Yeah. Like they're mucking around there. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, you know, I mean, Winnipeg's just the bottom's falling out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Like Dustin Brown or Paul Stastny. That's a, that's a really good one because <laughs> you came up which with is it. why I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Paul Stastny, you know, if you, if you're looking for someone that you can put in your top six mm-hmm. and, and, um, and, you know, make it be a, be a potential difference maker at both ends of the ice. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, that's a pretty tantalizing guy to get. Um, yeah, but if you're looking for a guy who can grind through those playoffs and you're looking for a guy who can come in and sit down when you're down three, one in a series and look at the young guys in the room and go, don't worry about it, guys. We've got this. We're good. We were down three, nothing to San Jose. We came back and won and went and won the Stanley cup. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, Dustin Brown would be a perfect third fourth line guy for a really contending team yeah just a bugger to play against you know plays hard you know and and still is capable of being that guy that could score in quadruple overtime yeah yeah. you know what i mean um for me it would probably be dustin brown just because of the pedigree and everything but those are i would love to have either one of those guys on my team but if and if it came down to it i mean I'd give up a first round pick and a top prospect for Joe Pavelski if he was available. Yeah. I, I would do it. I would do absolutely. it. Absolutely. I would absolutely do that without batting an eyelash. If I'm going for the Stanley Cup, yeah. Because he could be your number one center, he could be your number two center, he could be your number three center. Yeah. All in the same game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. If I want a guy that's uh, going to bounce in and out of Winnipeg like a beach ball, I go for Paul Stastny. If I want a guy that uh, doesn't know which end of the water bottle to use, I use Dustin Brown. Ah, okay. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, um, my concern with Dustin Brown is that he becomes this year's Nick Foligno, right? When the Leafs brought in uh, Nick Foligno last year, pay a handsome penny for him, but he's older and he gets hurt and he doesn't quite perform to expectation. But on the flip side of that with Paul Stasny, one of the things that I, I'm always asking myself when it comes to a contender is who's your team's Nick Bonino? Because <laughs> when when Pittsburgh won and Nick Bonino was their third line center, and I think that that year he scored 30 goals in the NHL, like that's that's huge. Like that, you know, yep. you always yep. talk about top two. The yep. top two guys on the team, right? <laughs> Tavares, Matthews. But look at the playoffs last year. Tavares gets injured. And Matthews goes dry. Yeah. But, but that's because Matthews is the only guy left, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not necessarily throwing this at Matthews shoulders, but my yeah. point is, is that I'm always asking myself, who is the Nick Benino? Who okay. is the guy that it's like, you know what? Crosby didn't have the best game today. Malkin didn't have the best game today, but this guy, this guy is going to take your team, you know, over the top and always be able to be there and be able to produce. And of course, be on both ends of the ice. And to your point, Pavelski is that guy. Oh, he's so that there's, guy. There's, he's so that guy. He's Nick Benino plus, right? Well, yeah, he's Nick Benino on steroids. No, no, not that's saying not an he's allegation. on steroids. Not saying that. Not saying that. Not yeah. saying that. Yeah. Um, but we oh, at yeah. Hockey Unfiltered yeah. have not learned anything of Nick Benino's. <laughs> to me, to me, yeah. if if Dallas falls off the map here, yeah, and 
and they're out of the playoffs, like this guy is forget about everybody else. Yeah. If I'm a contender, yeah. And and even if I'm loaded at center, because you can play him on the wing, yeah. I am saying you sell the farm. That's the guy I want. Yeah. And you know what? I am willing to mortgage the future for that guy. Yeah. I am absolutely, totally willing to mortgage the future and overpay yeah. to get that guy for two months. Yeah. Or three months or whatever. Yeah. Before uh before we go on to our last question, I meant to bring this up earlier and I didn't put it in my notes. Which okay. Is, it's just brutal. I can't believe that I did that. But when I was looking at Pittsburgh's um Oh, we're back to this. Advanced stats, you know who had really good underlying numbers? The Edmonton Oilers. Mm. Top three in the league on most of the most of the stats that I looked up. Doesn't really help your argument, bud. No, but what doesn't it does suggest really is help. that they're doing something right. Yeah, lots. They're doing a lot right. Yeah. The last two games they've done some stuff right. Yeah. They've won them both. Yeah. That's that's doing things right. But <laughs> the the no, see, scoring more goals see, than having them then, scored against. But you. but okay, but then you know, you look and when they, they started 16 5 and 1, and a lot of that was built on a power play that was like possibly the best power play we've ever of seen in time. the history yeah. of the yeah. NHL yeah. Yeah. and penalty killing. That yeah. was almost as good. Yeah. And those really fell off. Yeah. Those really, really fell off. And, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's goaltending stupid. You yeah. know, it's goaltending. Yeah. 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 So anyways. All right. Final question. Mm. Keith Yandel became the NHL's all time Iron Man last night when he played his 965th consecutive game. However, Yandel was a healthy scratch in three of six playoff games the Florida Panthers played against the Tampa Bay Lightning last spring. Phil Kessel, on the other hand, has played 941 consecutive regular season games. Who is... And 72... No, no, here we are. Pardon and, me, and 76 and straight play, playoff games. Yes, plays. that's right. Yeah, yeah. For a total of 1,117, in your opinion, who is the NHL's actual Iron Man? Phil Kessel. You gotta you gotta be in the lineup when it matters most. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. You know? Kessel is I talked to uh Asa, my strength and conditioning coach friend, about Kessel. Wait a minute. His name's Asa. You have a strength and conditioning I've coach. I've got a friend who's a strength See, and no, conditioning. No, no, no. You have a strength. Oh, you have a friend. He doesn't work with you. No, no, no. Oh, okay, because I was just gonna say, you know, well, he does a maybe little you bit. get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, actually, the trouble is that we—that's that's awful. We that's do it wrong. Awful. We do it wrong because uh, I do work out with him. All right, yeah, I, yeah. I would work out with him once a week. Obviously, we're in lockdown again, mm -hmm. but uh, we because we're friends, we go out for lunch afterwards. Okay, and yeah, so I was yeah, calling yeah. it as uh, Thursdays. I was calling curry and curls. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so that might uh, that might be negating things a little bit, right? But he does train some of because I coach goal. Right. And he does train then some of my students. So they're actually just crossover. We do work uh, together okay. and then okay. we'll chat, chat about this player Perfect. or that player that we're whatever. But anyways, yep. he talked, he, he, I, was, I was saying that, you know, this one kid, you know, and, I, and talking about um, how I didn't think he was overweight, but I didn't think that that was really holding him back. And what Asa said to me was he said, he said, Phil Kessel is a guy that throughout his whole career, people have been telling him to lose weight, but yet he is so optimized as an athlete that that's just such yeah. what his body is yeah. that if he were to lose weight, it would make him a suboptimal <laughs> athlete. And from what I, so, you know, this, I of course take this to heart. 
yeah, yeah. Hey, listen to him, honey. Listen to him. He yeah. told me not to lose weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my my point is 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 uh, is Kessel just such a freak? He is. He's just such a he's freak. A, he's a freak. He's a freak. Somebody when he played for the Leafs, I can't remember who is. It told me that you go in the gym and basically all he does is wrist curls. But he risk curls like 700 pounds in each hand. You know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's insane yeah, yeah. what he does, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't get hurt. Doesn't get hurt. Doesn't go to places where you get hurt, which is part no, of it. But it's still hockey. Yeah, yeah. But part of it is, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't go to the dirty places to get, to yeah. get hurt. Yeah. Um, but I mean, still, you're playing in a league with the biggest, strongest, most physical players in the world. And even if you're not a physical guy, you got to be tough and you've got to be resilient. But, and to me, I don't know, like, like we're getting off topic here. The topic is who's the NHL's Iron Man, Keith Yandel or Phil Kessel. Well, I mean, Keith Yandel didn't play three three playoff games last year. He was a healthy scratch for three playoff games. I think part of being the Iron Man is not only staying healthy, but being a good enough player to be able to be put in the lineup every single game. And for three of the six games, playoff games the Panthers played last year, they didn't see Keith Handel as that guy. Yeah. Whereas Phil Kessel, again, going back to the seven, 16 and 17 Penguins. Yeah. I mean, there were people who said he should have won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Yeah. There were people who argued that, that Phil, was a legitimate- Ke- Phil Kessel was a legitimate contender yeah. For the Conn Smythe Trophy. Crosby yeah. won it one year, Malcolm won it the other, right? Correct. I can't remember which, which, which. I They're think, interchangeable. I think Malcolm won it the first year and Crosby won it the second year, but I can't remember. But there were people Crosby who said Crosby won that, it the year that Kessel, what, that, that, that people were arguing that Kessel should right, win it. Right, right, exactly. That's what I yeah. do remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, yeah. Um, To me, I would, I'm going to take the opposite approach. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say Keith Yandel. And the big reason why is because... As a defenseman, he does so much more. He has to do so much more physicality. There is so much more opportunity for him to be injured. There's so much more opportunity for him to be suspended. Yeah. There is so much more, you know, because a a mistimed hit is a suspension, Mm -hmm. as it should be. I'm not arguing against that, but I'm just saying that there, there are suspensions that take place even without malicious intent. And Keith Yandel is in a much more likely situation to be in that. And so beyond just the health, which is, of course, incredibly impressive, there is the fact that, you know, there are other ways to be taken out of the game. And so I think that that's a really impressive uh, aspect to Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak. And, you know, maybe he should be uh, Lady Bing consideration for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, that, that, yeah, that works. That yeah. works. You know what else is impressive about Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak? Yeah. The Flyers have been hammered by COVID this year. Right. <laughs> hammered. Yeah. I think they've had 17 guys on the COVID yeah, yeah. COVID protocol yeah. list. They've had guys who replaced guys who had COVID who got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Max Willman and yeah. a couple of other guys yeah. like that. They've, they've had, they like, how did he not get hit? Like Yandel's at least walking with around the, with a Lysol like how did, spray everywhere. He like goes. how did he not just get like a positive test one day? And it's like, Oh, well, I'm sorry. You got to sit out for a week, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, like it's remarkable that he's managed to do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so hats off to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, he's the Iron Man. We know yeah. that, but it's, 
I just thought it was an argument, not an argument, but a debate worth having. It is a, an argument slash debate worth having. I agree with you. Yeah. Completely agree okay. with you. Ken, before we get out of here, anything else you want to touch on? Aaron Dell should be suspended for a long, 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 Aaron long, Dell long, should long, be suspended long, for a long, 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 long time. time. Yes, I agree with you. It's a it's a repetitive bat, a p, p, pattern of behavior. Yeah. He's done this a lot. He's done this kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. But he hasn't been suspended for it, so they won't be able to use his his rap sheet against him. Right. But he should be suspended for a long time. Yeah. You know, he took out Drake Batherson for no reason last night. Yeah. With an egregious, not even a rap, that wasn't even a reckless play. That was a downright dirty, dirty, dirty play. And it took a young star in this league who was going to be in the all-star game. And now he's out for a long time. He should sit for a long time. And and this is the fact is that Batherson was getting away from Aaron Dell. Yeah, he wasn't even. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was trying he to was avoid moving him. away from Aaron Dell. Yeah. And so therefore he is on a balanced trajectory of leaning away from Aaron Dell. Nowhere near the blue paint either. Nowhere near the blue paint. And Aaron yeah, Dell yeah. hit him. Yeah. And so this isn't a situation where we've seen other goaltenders hit people as they're coming around behind the net and the person's coming towards him and the goalie's yeah. there. Yeah. And we've seen the goalie decide, screw it, I'm going to take him out. Yeah. Right? This is a situation where Batherson is actually vulnerable specifically because he's trying not to hit Aaron Dell. And Aaron Dell thought, no, I'm going to take him out. I'm going to make him pay for avoiding me, which is what you're supposed to do. Right. And right. so I completely agree with you. Yep. Aaron Dell should be absolutely suspended. It was, it was tough to watch. Yep. It was tough to watch. And and I'm, and look, you know, I come from the, the place of goaltenders where they were absolute pieces of garbage. Right. We, I shouldn't say they, we were absolute pieces of garbage. Right. In the sense of the treatment you received, you mean? No, or? in the sense of we what we would do to players oh, standing oh, in our crease oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. I got a few tricks I could share, but I hate you know. guys like you. I hate even they're, they're <laughs> they even play beer league still. I know. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. I can stand in front of the net. No, I'm allowed to. I yeah. this is my ice. I'm okay here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, but this is but this is my point. E even I I come from that era. Yeah. And I'm telling you that that's egregious. That's bad. That it is really not was. that is not too to, to misuse this phrase, willing combatants. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about it. I think that that's about it. Well, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. Uh, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want this podcast directly in your inbox and you want all of Ken's writing directly in your inbox, subscribe to Hockey Unfiltered, the Substack, which is kencampbell.substack.com. Reviews are appreciated. They help more people find this show. They keep us at the top of the charts. Uh, likes, whatever you like. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week.